Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning Top Doc Show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to MAG Insurance Agency for its support as a sponsor. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Top Docs. I'm your host and MAG General Counsel, Bethany Scher. Today's episode addresses what physicians need to know about death certificates and Georgia's electronic death registration system. Our guest is Chris Harrison, who is the state registrar and deputy director of vital records for the Georgia Department of Public Health. Our sincere thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. So what is the role of the Office of Vital Records? So the Office of Vital Records is um, a state uh, office within the Department of Public Health. The official code of Georgia creates a state office of vital records to maintain uh, and provide access to records of births and deaths, marriages and divorces, and a few other record types. Our office has been around actually at a state level since 1919. So we just hit hundred years a couple years ago. Um, vital records are one of the older sources of public health information. Um, some state cities and counties maintain vital records even longer than that. But we record these events, the, the deaths and births that occur within the state of Georgia. And we provide access to people who need their birth certificates or death certificates. And then we also provide data for public health or agencies, and we provide training and support for all of our data providers who help us collect and gather this information. So what is a death certificate and how might they be used? Uh, So yeah, today we're here to talk about the death certificates in particular. So a death certificate is filed when someone dies, and if they die in Georgia, that's our jurisdiction to create that record. The death certificate collects some basic information around the facts of the death. So there's some legal information. Who was this person? What was their date of birth? Their legal name? The date that they died? We collect some basic demographic information like their race, ethnicity, uh, highest educational attainment, the occupation that they worked. And then there's also some medical information. What were the causes of death or the conditions that led to death for that person? Now these records are used by families. Someone may need a death certificate to collect life insurance or to prove that someone is deceased, to access accounts, to access benefits. So uh, when someone dies, that death certificate is extremely important to a family to, to gain financial relief, to gain support. The death certificates are also used in aggregate for health statistics. So what are the leading causes of death in Georgia? What, how many people have died from a particular cause or condition. That information comes from the medical portion of the death certificates. So they're very important statistical uh, resource as well. Um, Many agencies are interested just in confirming that someone is deceased. So they may not need the medical, but they may need just the basic legal information. Uh, The Secretary of State may need to know that someone has died so they can update their um, registries Same thing for the superior courts if they're sending out jury summons. They don't need to know the cause, but they do need to know that someone has died. 
So that is a lot of ways that a death certificate can be used, but what is the process to create a death certificate? Okay, um, that's a great question. There's two primary um, roles that help provide the death information. The legal and demographic information, so that the names, this person's address, their race, ethnicity, and occupation, that data will be provided by uh, a funeral home or a funeral director most of the time. They'll speak with the family or next of kin and confirm that information, get documents like a social security card or birth certificate, um, employment records, whatever they need to confirm that information. There's another user and that is um, our audience today primarily, the a medical personnel will provide the cause of death. So those two reports are gonna be married up, the, the individual personal and demographic history with the cause of death, manner of death, and those circumstances that caused the person to die when they did. Um, now, all of this information, two users are both working together to create the, and gather that information. And then once it's all ready, it's sent to a county vital records office, and there's one in every county, and they will review that information just to ensure everything's complete and accurate. And then they will release that record and make it a complete death certificate. They'll do some basic quality checks to make sure um, all the information is complete, that it, that it makes sense and that it's ready to go. How long do physicians have to complete a death certificate after someone dies? So Georgia law gives us a time frame, and the law says 72 hours after death. The, that's how long the physician has to provide that cause of death. Uh, there may be circumstances, typically that may be when the person dies, um, or it could start when a physician is notified of the death. There could be a case where the physician doesn't immediately know that a patient that's under their care had died. So when they receive that record, 72 hours. The whole process of creating a death certificate, the law says it should take 10 days or less. So from when someone dies to when the family can get that legal copy of a death certificate. So the funeral homes, they also get 72 hours, the doctors get 72 hours, and then there's some, some buffer time for some, maybe some communication or the county reviewing the record and accepting it. Um, now 10 days and 72 hours, those may seem like tight timeframes uh, in a little bit. That may not always be enough time to gather all the information that's needed. It's possible that physicians can uh, sign a death certificate as pending. So that means the cause of death is still pending investigation. That's an okay way if you need some more time. And then that can be updated later. And what kinds of information do physicians need in order to start or finish filing a death certificate? Uh, so they'll need some some knowledge of the patient's medical history, and they can use whatever resources are available to them. That could be uh, the, the medical records that they have, their personal knowledge from interacting with the patient, um, if they have access to other information, if, if an autopsy was performed or if they're working with other medical providers, they can use any and all information that's available to them to help inform their decision and coming to a, a reasonable conclusion about what caused the person to die when they did. So uh, those would be the, the basics, I think. And what are some of the most common challenges or barriers physicians face when it comes to filing a death certificate? Uh, that's a great question and one we get a bit. Um, there are a few common 
items that can come up. So sometimes accessing the information, a physician may be asked to complete a death certificate for a patient that, that was under their regular care, but perhaps they haven't seen in, in a few weeks or months at times. Um, so they may not have the most recent information or they may not have seen the patient at the moment that they died. Uh, but that can be okay if they can gather that information from, from other sources. Uh, another um, common barrier can be challenge or not uh, knowledge and training about how to file a death certificate and the laws and the requirements. Uh, we've heard many times death certificates are regularly not covered in medical school or formal trainings at times. Uh, I've heard from physicians that the best training they got on a death certificate was when someone walked up to them and said, here, fill this out. Uh, and that was about it. So um, we could try to do better. I think we'll um, be happy to talk a little bit about that today, where there's some good available guides and trainings for physicians to use. Um, another barrier that we get sometimes is there can be a little bit of uncertainty about maybe what caused a person to die. A patient's medical history could be very complicated. Uh, there might be situations where physicians could reasonably disagree about what caused a death. And so sometimes that uncertainty might make it unclear what to do or how to proceed. Um, filing a death certificate, we ask for the physician's best medical opinion about what caused or resulted in the death. It does not have to be a definitive diagnosis. The patient's deceased, so this won't affect treatment decisions. Um, but we're trying to get a reasonable estimate of what, what caused the person to die um, that brings closure to the family that uh, can be used for health statistics at a high level. So the, when we say best medical opinion, that if there's two competing diagnoses, if it's 51%, I think it's this, and 49%, I think it's that, you could list the one that you think is 51% slightly more likely. So thinking through all of those challenges and barriers, are there times a physician should not file a death certificate? Mm, that's a, a very good point. Um, there are some times where law requires a medical examiner or coroner to be notified of a death. The Georgia Death Investigation Act, as it's known, will specifically list out some of the criteria where a coroner or medical examiner must be contacted. Uh, broadly speaking, those are cases where the death is due to an external injury, um, like a motor vehicle accident, uh, any act of violence or self-harm. So if there's a homicide or a suicide, that has to be referred to the coroner or medical examiner. Any poisonings or drug overdoses, the coroner or medical examiner must be contacted. Um, sometimes in the healthcare facility, this could include falls. So um, if, a, if a patient falls while in the facility, that's also an external injury that occurred. So the coroner or medical examiner must be contacted in that case. Um, that broadly covers it. Uh, any sudden or unexpected death in a young or healthy person could also uh, warrant a call to the medical examiner or coroner. Now, um, when they call the medical examiner or coroner, it can be helpful for the physician or someone who saw the patient to um, be able to communicate that. Depending on the circumstance, the medical examiner or coroner uh, may decline jurisdiction and allow the physician jurisdiction to certify that death record, or the coroner or medical examiner may take over jurisdiction and complete it. The 
situation could be complicated if someone, um, depending on the person's health history, the and the exact condition that they're presenting with. But definitely it's, it's good to have the coroner or medical examiner in your county um, ready and available to, to contact when need be. And what kind of system does Georgia use to record deaths? Mm. Uh, so that to help uh, get death records completed, we have an electronic reporting system. We call it the Georgia Vital Events Reporting System. That's a mouthful, so we use the acronym GAVERS, G-A-V-E-R-S. This is a web-based system that anyone can access through your web browser, and uh, it allows multiple users to log in and report the information that's appropriate for them. So funeral directors have access to create death records and report demographic information, and then medical examiners and hospitals have access to the medical information so they can report the cause of death. Uh, the online system is great because it allows multiple users to work on a record at the same time. So the, the funeral home might start a record and assign it to a hospital or a hospital can start a record and assign it to a funeral home. And then they can both complete their information together. Um, so there's a lot of efficiency that can be gained there. Um, there's also is a paper option. So if one provider or the other is not a GAVERS user at the moment, the user can complete all of their portion and then print the rest of it either as a PDF or paper and then email or fax it to the other party to complete their portion. Uh, the, there's some inefficiency in going the paper route because then two users can't be working on it at the same time and you might have some, some delays in transferring or transmitting that. Uh, that record back and forth. Um, the system's been around since 2013, and we have a few thousand active users and more every month. So you address this a little bit, but does every physician in Georgia need a GAVERS account? Uh, no, certainly um, some physicians may file death records all the time. If you work in a specialty like uh, in hospice or other um, specialties where you're dealing with terminally ill patients, death certificates may be a daily, weekly, or certain part of the job. But physicians in other specialties would be extremely unlikely to be filing a death certificate. So uh, it's certainly not a requirement that every physician in Georgia would need an account. Uh, also, Georgia law uh, says that a physician is responsible for the information that's provided, but that they can uh, delegate the act of reporting that to the vital record system to someone under their supervision. So uh, in a hospital setting, for instance, there may be dozens or hundreds of physicians who work there who all do one or two death records occasionally. It might be a lot more efficient for that hospital to have a dedicated group of users who enter that information in GAVERS on their behalf. That may be a lot easier to manage than, than tracking hundreds of user IDs for occasional people versus having a few points of contact. So we have some flexibility there uh, in the laws and in the way the system can work. The um, medical records staff will need help from the physicians. Uh, just having access to the medical record is not enough. The way information is reported on death certificates is uh, kind of a little different than the way charting may work. Um, so 
sometimes less is more appropriate. If a patient's had a complicated medical history, they may have a problem list or uh, many diagnoses associated with them. Remember, we want the physician to pick that cause or condition that resulted in the death. So if a patient has you know, a long medical history, five or 10 diagnoses, um, we don't want all of those to be listed. The death certificate wants one sequence of causal events that resulted in the death. Um, so that's, that's where someone without clinical knowledge and decision-making can't necessarily read that. But if it's been provided in that way, then someone else can enter the data on the physician's behalf. And how can physicians get a GAVRS account? Oh. Uh, so uh, here with this, we've provided a link to our um, GAVRS site where anyone can request access. Um, so if you're watching this podcast, you should have access to the link below. It'll request some basic contact information, the name and email address and the, the role and where this account will be created. There's a, a drop-down option for how can we help you and you can select a new GAVRS account as the request type. Um, and that will route it to our operations team who reviews those requests and approves them. So please, a physician can or, um, or that person under the physician's supervision uh, who's going to be entering the records on their behalf. We can create as many accounts as are necessary for your facility. So uh, don't share usernames and passwords. If you'd like to have two or three or four accounts, 10 accounts, you can submit as many as you need. Fantastic. And how can physicians get more information about the system and uh, about vital records in general? Okay. Um, well, thanks. Uh, we've provided a couple helpful links here as well. Uh, some places to start, uh, we have a vital records page for the Georgia Department of Public Health. So on that site, we will post uh, helpful links to Georgia's laws and regulations about filing death certificates. Um, we'll also post uh, reminders about upcoming trainings or webinars that we host. We tend to host a few webinars per month and office hour sessions with our training team regularly, so people can come in and ask any questions or sign up for any webinars that are of interest to them. We also publish a newsletter uh, and send out alerts to users. So um, there's a link to sign up where if you'd like to receive our newsletter or receive any updates, um, you can sign up there. Uh, we'll regularly push out if there's updates to the GAVR system. We do periodically make enhancements to add new features or um, make the system system improvements. So we'll notify users of those coming changes as well if they sign up for our newsletter. Uh, some other great places to go, the all vital records offices around the country report data to the CDC and the National Center for Health Statistics. The CDC has some great training. They are interested in standardizing the data that are collected around the country. So a Georgia death certificate should be reported the same way as a death certificate from any other state. And that provides national level health statistics that can be monitored for trends and comparisons. Uh, so to that end, the CDC has put together some very good trainings aimed at physicians. 
Uh, we've provided the link below to this training that they can take. And um, it's also accredited and you can get continuing education credits for completing that. So it's completely free, can be done on your own time online. And uh, it provides very good information with examples and gives the user some opportunities to practice filling out a death certificate. And then um, lastly, the CDC also has a number of guides. Uh, the guide for completing cause of death is available as a mobile app. So people can download that from Google or iTunes. Um, and you can have that in your phone as a, as a handy reference. It's, uh, it's very useful and they, they do keep it updated with, with examples and commonly asked questions. If you don't file death certificates regularly, having that handy pocket reference can be very helpful. That's great and sounds very useful. Do you have any final takeaway messages for our audience? Well, um, I wanna say we greatly appreciate all of the physicians work and what they do to report these records to us. When a family um, member has lost a loved one, the death certificate can be a lifeline for them to move on, to gain access to needed support. And the physicians play such a huge crucial role in providing that data to us. Um, I mentioned that physicians certify death records and can the coroners and medical examiners, but uh, physicians do about 82, 83% of records. So that's the majority of cases. Coroner and medical examiners get those, um, the, those certain cases have to go to them, but the majority of the deaths that are occurring in uh, people due to their, their chronic illnesses, um, those are completed by physicians. So they really carry the, the bulk of the load in providing that medical data. Um, these death certificates, they're, they're contributing to public health and understanding of disease trends, and they're everything to a family that uh, has just lost a loved one. If there's anything we can do to help, to provide training, uh, please don't hesitate to contact our office. We can regularly host uh, WebEx or Zoom trainings. Um, we're happy to train a group or train users whatever you need. And we do look forward to hearing from you. If you have suggestions about how, um, how we can provide a better training, how we can provide support, please feel free to contact us anytime. Um, yeah, and yeah, just lastly, thank you so much for taking me um, on your podcast today. This is an important message and we're very happy to have the platform. And, uh, look forward to continuing to work with, with you and Mag and all of your stakeholders. Thank you. Our sincere thanks to Chris Harrison for addressing some important issues. As always, we would also like to thank our physicians and allied healthcare professionals and staff for everything they do every day. From everybody at Mag, thanks for watching, and we'll catch up with you on the next edition of Top Docs. Thanks for watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow MAG on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget that you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash topdocs. From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.